Welcome to the Gospel of Grace podcast, a communication designed to qualify people into the unmerited and unearned favor of God, revealing grace, empowering transformation. And now, today's message. This season of transformation, it demands that we ask key questions simply for the purpose of understanding this season. Simply for the purpose of understanding this season. In one of our previous episodes, we looked at the question, why? Why transformation? Why should we be transformed into the image of Christ? In responding to that question, we discovered in the scripture that transformation is for the purpose Number one of relationship, we are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose, number one, of a relationship. In other words, God wants a relationship with us and it is when we are transformed, it is when we develop into the image of Christ that we are able to grow in, in, in our relationship with the Father. Number two, we are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of representation. It's for the purpose of representation. When God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he created them so that they can represent him on earth. So the new creation, which is a creation in Christ, is for the purpose of representing him on earth. Number four, We are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of manifestation. In the very same way or following the same pattern of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, God created them in his very own image. And he said, let them have dominion. Let them rule the fish of the sea. Let them have rulership over the birds of the air and every creeping thing on the ground. So in other words, they were created so that they can manifest the power of God on earth. And it's the same thing to us who are the new creation in Christ. We are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of manifesting his power on earth. And lastly, we are to be transformed into the image of Christ for the purpose of reproduction. God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth. Now, it's, it's, it's a dominion mandate. It's a dominion mandate upon us. But I like the first part which says, be fruitful. Now, when we're looking at it from a New Testament perspective, it is not just limited to biological reproduction, but it's a call to spiritual reproduction and I strongly believe that this is where we get our great commission that we are to go out into the world and produce people who are like Christ and preach the word of God of of Christ to our world so it's a call to reproduce ourselves Christ modeled this he reproduced himself in the 12 apostles and the 12 apostles went on to reproduce themselves and today we are privileged to be in this covenant because of men and women who were willing to be obedient to God pertaining to this aspect. Now, moving on to today's message, 
Today, let's look at the next question, which is how. The next question is the question how. How does transformation take place? In other words, how are we transformed into the image of Christ? Now, the key word there is the word how. How is a word associated with directions. It's a word associated with methods, ways, steps. It's a word associated with systems and strategies. It's a word associated with processes, habits, and practice. In other words, how is a word which connects point A to point B? If I'm to use one word, how provides a guide? How provides a guide? Now, there is no word that invokes a change than how. There is no word that invokes a change than how. We may know where we need to be transformed. We may know why we need to be transformed. We may even know when a change is needed. But how has the ability to put things into motion? How carries an ability to put things into motion? Now, the clearer our how is, the sooner the change comes. The clearer our how is, the sooner the change comes. Now, picking a wrong how will surely lend us to a different and sadly an unwanted destination. This word, I call it the parent or the father of manuals, of guides, of step-by-step guides, is the parent of syllabuses. This word, how, is the reason behind atlases, behind maps, the traffic navigating systems, devices, is the, is the, is the reason behind compasses. Now, in, in our search for an answer to this question, how does transformation take place, or how are we to be transformed into the image of Christ, let's turn our attention to one of the key writings of Paul in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Now the background of this portion of the scripture is Paul is showing how the new covenant is more glorious when compared to the old covenant. The old covenant which is the covenant of the law, they call it the Mosaic covenant. Paul identifies it as the ministration of death. He identifies it as a ministration of death. And the new covenant, he identifies it as a ministration of life. Hence, Paul is able to boldly say, the letter kills and the spirit gives life. The letter referring to the old covenant and the spirit referring to the new covenant. Now, in expounding the supremacy of the new covenant, Paul indicates to his immediate audience and ultimately to us how transformation takes place. Now listen to the writing of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 verse 18. And we all with unveiled face, in other words with uncovered face, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I'll, I'll read again that because that is very important. And we all with unveiled face 
beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, based on this portion of the scripture and in our response to our question, how are we transformed? Let us bring our undivided attention to what I call an irreplaceable practice. By irreplaceable, I, I mean a practice that is without substitute, without option B. It's something that we ought to embrace. And so this is in response to the question, how are we transformed into the, into the image of Christ? It's a call for us to embrace what I call an irreplaceable practice towards transformation. How then are we transformed? The clue is in this one word Paul uses. It's the word beholding. The clue is in this word, the word beholding. Other versions, I think it's the NIV version. It uses the word contemplating. Contemplating. I, I like that so much. Contemplating. So it's the practice of contemplating the glory of the Lord that we are able to be transformed into the image of Christ. This is what Paul says. Beholding or contemplating the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image. Now, contemplation is defined as the action of looking thoughtfully at something for a long time. Contemplation is defined as the action of looking thoughtfully at something for a long period of time. It also speaks of uh, uh, to think over. It also means to fix our thoughts. Uh, other related words are to meditate, to ponder, or to study. But I like the emphasis on the time factor for a long time. It's not just a quick thing, but it's something that we have to do for a long time. That's why I call it an irreplaceable practice. It's something that we, we have to do again and again. Now, there's a popular saying which says, you are what you eat. But today, allow me to say, you become what you contemplate. You become what you contemplate. In other words, we, we, we become what we look at thoughtfully for a long time. That, that is what we become. That is what we become. Now, this portion of the scripture, it has an Old Testament a reference to it. In Exodus chapter number 33 through to chapter number 34, the narrative in the book of Exodus gives us a better understanding of how transformation takes place. In chapter number 33, we find what I call a leader's conversation. It's Moses having a conversation with God. And Moses is asking God for clarity. And he's saying to him, You said I will lead these people, but you have not told me whom you are sending me with. You have commissioned me to lead these people from Egypt to the promised land Canaan. But up to now, you haven't told me whom you are sending me with. And I like God's response. God said, I'm not going to bring another person to you. But my presence will go with you. But my presence will go with you. This is the time that Moses went on to 
say to God, if your presence is not going to go with us, do not send us from here. God pledged his presence to Moses. And in that conversation, Moses threw some questions to God. What else would distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? But there is a request that Moses brings to God, which I want to bring your attention to. Show me your glory. It's a request. Show me your glory. And God went on to honor Moses' request such that when we come to chapter number 34, verse 28, the Bible says Moses was there with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating and drinking. For 40 days and 40 nights. But when you come to chapter number 34, verse number 29 to 35, it's a narrative which indicates how God revealed his glory. He showed part of himself to Moses. And when Moses had a glance of the glory of the Lord, the brightness of God, the splendor of God, that's where the transformation took place. Such that when Moses went down the mountain, the Bible says Aaron and the elders, they saw him coming and they were afraid even to look at him. Why? Because his face was shining with the glory of the Lord. Because his face had been transformed. He, 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 his face was showing the glory, was reflecting the glory of the Lord. Moses was transformed by beholding the glory of the Lord. That was his request. Show me your glory. And it was at that point when Moses saw the glory of the Lord that his face was transformed. Now, the chief agent of transformation is the glory of God. The chief agent of transformation is the glory of God. That's why Moses had to say, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Now, what I like about the glory of God is that when Israel was moving out of, of Egypt, when they got to the Red Sea, they looked back and they saw the Egyptians pursuing them. And God intervened. And between the Egyptians and the Israelites, the Bible says there was a cloud of God's glory which turned into a pillar of fire at night. That's, that's, that's the first time we see the manifestation of this glory. Now, is the same glory in chapter number 18, 19, 20 and the following chapters when Moses was called by God on Mount Sinai that the glory of the Lord was on Mount Sinai such that Moses had to climb up the mountain and he had to enter into the, into the glory into the glory of God. Is the same glory that moved from Mount Sinai and that glory would go on the tent of the meeting every time Moses went to meet with God. It's the same glory that came upon the tabernacle when Moses and all the skilled men, men who were full of wisdom and of the spirit of God, when they had finished constructing the tabernacle and on the day of dedication, when Moses had done everything and inspected the tabernacle, that it it had been built according to the pattern of God. The Bible says, and the glory of the Lord came and it covered the tabernacle of Moses. It's the same glory that led Israel into the wilderness. 
every time the glory moved, Israel had to move. And every time the glory rested upon the, the Ark of the Covenant, everyone had to settle. And every time the glory moved, Israel had to move. So direction and guidance in the wilderness came through the glory. Now, significant changes in Israel's life were connected to this glory. On Mount Sinai, the new covenant was given where on Mount Sinai, where the glory of the Lord was. When you look at Solomon, when he was dedicating the temple, the glory of the Lord came upon. In the wilderness, direction and guidance came through the glory of the Lord. Now, it was in this glory that Moses spent some time. It was in the presence of the Lord that Moses spent some time. When he came out of God's presence, his face was always shining. His face was always shining to the extent that Israel had to put a, a veil over his face. They had to put a veil over his face because his face was shining with the glory of the Lord. Now, coming back to our New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter number 3.18, we are transformed by beholding or contemplating we are transformed by beholding or contemplating the glory of Christ, the splendor of Christ, the brightness of Christ. So in the New Testament, we say the agent of transformation is the glory of the Lord. The bedrock, the basis of transformation is the glory of the Lord. Now, it's a call for you and I in this season to contemplate on the glory of the Lord. It's a call for you and I in this season to contemplate on the glory of the Lord. Now, where do we see the glory of the Lord in the New Covenant, in the New Testament? 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 4. Paul writing and he says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel which displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. The God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel which displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. So the glory of Christ is displayed in the gospel. In other words, the gospel mirrors the glory of Christ. It reflects the glory of of Christ. Imagine, anytime you look into the mirror, what the mirror does is the mirror reflects the object that is standing in front of it. Now, look at the word of God as a mirror. And this mirror, it's Christ who is standing in front of this mirror. And the gospel is now reflecting back the glory of Christ, the brightness of Christ, the splendor of Christ. And the Bible says, now beholding the glory of the Lord, which is displayed in the gospel, that is where our transformation comes from. When I'm talking about the gospel, I'm talking about the good news concerning Jesus Christ. I'm talking about the birth. I'm talking about the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and the coming back of Jesus Christ. The gospel is all about the finished work of the cross. So as we contemplate on the finished work of the cross, 
the Bible says we are transformed into the image of Christ. That is where our transformation comes from. It's by contemplating. It's an action of looking thoughtfully at Christ. Is the action of thoughtfully looking at Christ for a period of time. It's not just a quick look at him and then we go. If there's something that God has placed upon my heart to you, it is to communicate to you that you will need to spend some time in the gospel. No wonder why the enemy fights the true gospel. Because to deprive us or to move our focus from the gospel is actually to move us from our source of transformation. And listen to the words of Paul. He says, if anyone comes, even an angel, if they do come preaching another gospel, let them be cursed. Why? Because the gospel mirrors the glory of Christ. And that is where our transformation comes from. Nothing carries the power to change us other than the glory of Christ is displayed in the gospel. That's why Paul in Romans chapter number 116, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God that brings in salvation. Now, the, the whole concept about salvation is change, is transformation. It is a change of one from being a sinner to becoming a saint. That's transformation. That, that, that's change. It is us taking off the old nature and putting on the new nature which is created in the image of Christ. That's transformation. So how are we transformed? We are transformed by the practice of contemplating the glory of Christ. By beholding the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ is displayed in the gospel. If there is one thing that we ought to fall in love with in this season is the gospel. Is the gospel. Contemplating on the life of Christ. Contemplating on the death of Christ. The burial. The resurrection of Christ. The second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because that is where our change is from. Now, to deprive ourselves from the gospel is to deprive ourselves from transformation in this season. And I call this an irreplaceable practice. That is how we are transformed into the image of Christ. May heaven keep smiling at you. And may the favor of God rest upon your life as you fall in love with the gospel. God bless you until we meet again. all our listeners thank you for tuning into the gospel of grace podcast to interact with pastor daniel manyanga we would like to encourage you to visit afmimmiltonkeens.org or you can also follow him on facebook twitter and instagram this is the gospel of grace podcast revealing grace empowering transformation proudly brought to you by partners of ebenezer fellowship afm i am